Hello everyone and welcome to the post-Final Four edition of the Eurohoops podcast, the Eurohoop pod. Uh, post-Final Four edition, but uh, two weeks, a bit two weeks after the Final Four. And uh, this is why me, Adon Strogilakis, and uh, my fellow co-hosts, Adigoni Zahari. Hello, Adigoni. Hello. Uh, Bura Uzar from the Turkish edition. Hello, Bura. Hello, Antonis. And of course, Alex Madrid from uh, from Spain. Alex, hola, Alex. Hi guys, hola. Uh, we will discuss about uh, not so much what happened uh, in the final four because that's that's almost ancient history by now. But what is happening right now? Because the moment the final four ended, every year the moment the final four ends, then the the off season automatically begins. It doesn't matter that. Uh, All the teams are playing in their domestic leagues and they are fighting in the playoffs and, of course, the Final Four teams. But it doesn't matter. We have entered transfer season because the rumors are all around us. Uh, everyone is talking about who is signing who, uh, which team is going to get stronger, which team is going to get uh, weaker. And uh, the big names uh, that are dominating the, the rumors right now and the reports about the transfer market. Speaking about big names, uh, Alex, I, I really have to ask you this. <laughs> I saw a video about Draymond Green, yes, the Draymond Green, talking about uh, his former teammate, Kevin Durant, and saying how much he wishes that uh, Durant uh, does well everywhere he goes through and uh, to every team he's in. And he specifically said in a podcast, it doesn't matter where Kevin Durant is, I will always wish him uh, well, no matter if he's uh, at Brooklyn, at uh, Golden State, or even if he plays at Barcelona next season in EuroLeague. So, Alex, is Barcelona so frustrated after the, the failure <laughs> to win the EuroLeague title that they are pulling everything to bring KD to Europe? Well, I don't see it happening next year, but it is true that... Uh, no, point, and I thought that Raymond Green might speak truth to power. No, I have to say that at some point KD said something like he would like to, to retire in Barcelona or something like that. Uh, but I don't see it happening. Not at all, man. Uh, we have to consider also that uh, Barca has uh, financial problems. Um, also, they are uh, rebuilding around that, um, considering that. So, uh, no, no KD for next season. <laughs> no KD. That's unfortunate because, uh, honestly, honestly, I really, really, really believe what Raymond Greek said because, you know, if Raymond Green says it, it must be true. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that some media will catch up to that and uh, describe it like that. But yeah, Damon Green was speaking about an extremely hypothetical scenario, maybe a, a science fiction scenario that might happen. Just to just to mention that uh, literally wherever KD is on Earth, on another planet, on another universe, uh, he will cheer for him. But seriously, Alex, uh, to talk about Barcelona, Barcelona was in a way the biggest losing team in the Final Four, at least in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. In regards to, we all agreed that it was the most championship or bust team in EuroLeague since earlier in the season. And we described them as such also in our podcast uh, when the, before the Final Four. And they didn't manage to get to the championship uh, game. They finished at uh, the third place after they... They beat the uh, Olympiacos in the third place game. So yeah. Uh, also, they they were talking. There were some reactions in social media telling that how unfair is this Euroleague system? But you know, it's the usual thing. No, you win the you win the regular season, and if you 
uh, you get eliminated in the semifinals. Now it's uh, everything a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I remember almost every team that is a favorite and in the end ends up uh, losing in a game in the final four and that's up uh, not winning the Euroleague championship talking about how the system is unfair and the, there's a, a huge argument that can be made uh, from this and i remember that Ceseka and uh, Dimitris Tudis have been talking uh, er, talking a lot about this how we should uh, implement a playoff system to determine yeah. the champion And I can easily understand why, because uh, Ceseca has been traditionally the best team in the regular season for so many years, and they ended up losing in the Final Four. So it's a huge discussion, but to keep it uh, to Barcelona, to keep our talk to Barcelona, Barcelona right now, uh, do you agree? Can we say that they are already the busiest team regarding uh, transfers and uh, what, what players they will acquire for the next season? Yes, for sure. Uh, I have to say that uh, it was surprising because they still have the, the ACB League and especially if they lose against Real Madrid, it will be a disaster, but they, they still have an important uh, tournament to win. I also, con- I also feel that it can be winning the EuroLeague or a disaster, and this is what is happening in, in Barcelona. But as, as I also told you, told you before, they are trying to reduce that uh, financial problems they have and I believe that uh, bringing in uh, they do it uh, Jan Besseli and, and Oscar da Silva uh, for Ronald Smith and, and uh, Brandon Davis will help them in, in that way. Yes, there are, these are already two players that uh, we have also reported that uh, Jan Besseli is leaving Fenerbahce after uh, how long was it? After seven, eight years? Eight, eight years. That, yeah. He arrived at ten uh, years, Buddha. Yeah, no, I believe eight, eight years. But... Eight years, yeah. He arrived at and add, add Thomas Sotorowski to the list too. You know, all to right. Barcelona. All right, all right. <laughs> this is interesting. This is interesting. So uh, the big thing, uh, Jan Vesely is uh, is almost an end of an era for Fenerbahce. I mean, Fenerbahce has undergone many end of eras. The first end of an era was when Zeljko Bradovic left. Maybe that's another end of an era because Jan Vesely was there. And he was the last player remaining, except of, of course, Captain Meli Mahmutoglu from this group of guys. Yeah. But we will cover Fenerbahce later. So yeah, Jan Vesely and Oscar, I have to say Oscar Da Silva looks like a huge upgrade in regards to, who, to which player he's replacing. I'm not so sure about Jan Vesely because um, uh, I'm really questioning his condition right now after so many injuries. I mean, yeah, quality and, and experience are, are are not questionable, of course. Uh, he's he's a great player. He's a EuroLeague superstar. But uh, we have to consider that uh, Jan Vesely has been uh, hurt by injuries. And I don't know how how well he will adapt to Sarnes Isievicius demanding physical game that usually needs his players to, to put a lot of effort on the floor on both ends. And actually, Brandon Davis suffered because he wasn't uh, in good shape or feel it that way during the, the last games of the regular season and also the playoffs. And that's something that really hurt uh, Barcelona during the during the semifinals. I get I get the feeling in general that Sergio uh, is pushing his players way too hard, maybe way, maybe harder than any other Euroleague coach. He's, he doesn't yeah. seem to be like like he seems to be like the opposite of Ergin Ataman, the Ergin Ataman who won the Euroleague, who is like a, a players coach, a player, a good manager of the players. Who Antonis, uh, yeah. look, uh, 
I feel that every coach that won the, the regular season during this uh, new system uh, realized, well, they never won the EuroLeague and they realized that they didn't have to focus on, on being uh, the top team in the, in the standings. They, they, they should focus on having the, the concord advantage and that's all. But yeah, uh, yeah, Staras yeah. tried to, to win the EuroLeague, uh, the regular season for second uh, consecutive uh, season. So uh, it's, I think uh, he committed a mistake, a, a huge mistake during the season. Well, I can get wanted to win the EuroLeague regular season. I mean, if you want an easier opponent, because in theory, in theory, because it was, it didn't turn out like yeah. that. Bayern Munich was the le the least difficult opponent that uh, Barcelona could find, but of course Bayern Munich made it a five-game series. But uh, I can get what you're saying. Maybe maybe Saras will uh, will change his course. You know, yeah. we, we should uh, not should, forget yeah. that he's not very experienced as a coach. He's still learning, you know. He he's he he's still early in his coaching career, his head coaching career. He hasn't been coaching for um, I don't know. He's been a head coach since 2016, if I remember correctly. So he's still learning. It's still a learning process for him, and it's definitely a learning process for him in a championship aspiring team because uh, it's one thing to coach Barcelona and another to coach Zalgiris Kaunas. Speaking of the final four, guys, and to close uh, the final four thing, uh, there were so many things uh, to remember from the final four, and I can uh, I can really tell you that because I was also in bad grade. So I want you guys to tell me if there was one memory from the final four that you you won't forget any any time soon or maybe ever. What will that be, Bura? Can you tell me? Uh, I don't know if there is any any other answer to this. Besides Mosilia Mitsis, you know, her crazy last second shot. I don't know. I don't know about uh, Antigone, Alex, and you are going to answer, but this is the only only answer for me. I will not forget this uh, in my entire life because it was amazing. And uh, to be to create an alternative to that, I can say that Lasso Pablo Loso's decision at the last uh, position of the final game yeah. would be the second for me, but uh, Micic is the first by far. Yeah, uh, this, is, this is like okay. the yin and yang, the, the good and the bad of the yeah. <laughs> final four memories. Yeah, Alex. Uh, let me go with something similar uh, as Bulgaria, because uh, for me, the moment was uh, when, when Micic scored that three-pointer. The face, uh, well, uh, the smile, of Ergin Ataman, smiling to, to Jorgos Barzoka, saying, that's it, man. Uh, this is my guy. <laughs> this is the way he scores. So that's that's the moment for me. That's the I moment. remember, and Bura, correct me if I'm wrong, I remember Ergin Ataman making a similar face in a regular season game that was also decided by a game winner. I don't remember which, which basically meant by Ergin Ataman, not only this, that, okay, I got this player, but this is basketball. What can I do? What can I say? I, I get it. It could go both ways or something like this. This is He has said it. This is basketball. It's, it's a player's game. Players make shots. They make a big shot that it doesn't matter what happened for 39, um, 59, 39 minutes, 59 seconds. Yes, yes. He likes to say that a lot. <laughs> and he knows uh, it's easier to say this. When you have Shane Larkin and Vasilya Mitsic, you know, because <laughs> yeah. the game, you can always trust on them to create some miracles. So, yeah, after that, everybody can say it's basketball. <laughs> Adigoni. Yeah, I have to agree with Mitsic. And 
I think that was a moment of holy justice for Olympiacos. Olympiacos has won so many games at the buzzer, at the final buzzer. So something like that to happen, I know it's disheartening for them, but it's, uh, to, in my mind, it's uh, justified <laughs> somehow. It was like uh, Vasil Spanulis reversed uh, in a way. For yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, but... Uh, Honestly, Olympiacos, uh, you can argue about many things if they should have uh, double-teamed uh, Misic on that play. Something that Mike James also commented, that, oh, they were double-teaming teaming me all the time in the playoffs, but they didn't double-team this guy. I don't know. They were. It was It was a solid, it was a great defense by by Vezenkov, but you know what they say, uh, the good offense always beats uh, good defense. Uh, I will agree with you guys about the play, but overall, I think the memory of the of Olympiacos fans being loud in the arena all the freaking time, uh, I, I I still can't get the noise out of my head. It was it was insane to hear it all the time, regardless of what was going on the floor. To hear the fans of one team singing all the time was crazy and unprecedented. I haven't even in it. the final. Even in the final, I mean, there was there was a, a Real Madrid and a first playing, and you hear Olympiacos fans cheering about their team. It was it was crazy. It was a bit surreal, honestly. Speaking about FS, they managed to win the back-to-back uh, Euroleague title. Buda, mission accomplished. Uh, but uh, what's up next for FS? Because one of the most dominant questions and popular questions in the mix zone when I was there was uh, what what will happen next season? Because there are so many questions. Will Will Vasily Mitic go to the NBA? We know that he won't do that for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Will say Larkin uh, stay, or maybe he will go to the NBA? Uh, which players are going uh, are out? Which players are in? What is happening with FS Buddha? Uh, at, during this year, uh, we were expecting a rebuild from FS because they were not playing so good. Uh, you know, they didn't look like a championship caliber team. Uh, but at some point, they clicked the switch and they won the EuroLeague Championship back and they made it back-to-back. So it's a huge accomplishment for FS, but uh, they also believe that this roster has reached its potential. They need to change some things and there could be a big changes in the FS. You know, Kronosta Simon already announced that he's returning to Croatia. He wants to be with his family. So he's the first, uh, you know, uh, big name that FS is losing. Uh, and I'm expecting huge changes also in their front court uh, because even in this year, they had really big problems. Petrushev signing didn't work for them. Uh, Dunstan uh, was not uh, 100% ready. Plyce was doing good, but at some point, he couldn't find his rhythm. Uh, but, how, but how did Plyce did the Final Four, please? <laughs> yeah, that's the only only reason that I'm thinking these uh, changes will not, uh, you know, extend to him. Uh, no, wait, wait, wait. So, so you were telling me that um, Tibor Plyce could have been in the exit of FS if not for his Final Four appearances? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But that's, now, uh, is- you know... Because they are, they are trying to create a new roster right now. Uh, as we can see it from the Will Clyburn deal, uh, probably it's going to be official after this season. Uh, FS reached an agreement with him, a huge signing. Uh, huge, huge, was, unbelievable yeah. signing. I mean, uh, the championship team grabbing an, uh, an all Euroleague type forward. Amazing. Yeah, and they, you know, they have been in talks with a lot of uh, free agents right now. Uh, but... Uh, 
if we talk about Lakin and Mitsich, you know, the situation is pretty clear for Shane Lakin. Uh, at least that's what I heard. Uh, he has a great offer from Anadolu FS, and if he uh, wouldn't get an NBA contract that he likes, uh, he's going to stay with FS for the next season too, uh, for a couple seasons, in fact. But no need, no need he... for this. Sorry, no need for this contract to be the max, right? This is yeah, yeah. Joke for everyone because Shane Larkin said something to uh, like that uh, when I asked him in the in the post in the in the post game, you know, mix zone after the final. Uh, of course, he meant that uh, he's so happy in Turkey that uh, the, the whole experience is not comparable to everything, not even to the max uh, contract. But uh, I get the feeling that there was a hint of truth to his words. Yeah, uh, in, and, in, you know, we can see. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, you we know, can then, see that he celebrated the championship with Turkish flag, which oh, is amazing. Yeah, he, uh, you know, people people underestimate how how attached can a person be to to this new kind of situation. Then, yeah. He might say no to an NBA contract, even if this contract is a good contract. Uh, there are so many things keeping Saint Larkin right now in Turkey that, as a whole, that might be better than a, than a good NBA contract, right? Why not? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you for sure. So that's what I heard about Shane Larkin. Uh, you know, if something drastically happens, uh, he's going to stay with FS. And also, he's getting uh, paid from Turkish Basketball Federation also because he's a naturalized player and he's going to play for the national team again. And this, uh, is, a good, and this is a great ambition for him. I mean, to, to win something new. To, it's a great accomplishment for him, the potential of winning a medal with Turkey. Yes, and he has a great uh, coach that <laughs> knows how to win <laughs> trophies. <laughs> Thank you, Atabal. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, about Mitchell, his situation is a little bit tricky. He has a contract with FS, but he has an NBA, NBA out of, for sure. And I think his situation will be determined after NBA draft. Yes. If, uh, you know, Thunder make some switches, trade his rights to some other team. I believe that will increase his chance to go to NBA. But if he stays with Thunder... Uh, we will see what's going to happen because last year it was the same also. Everybody, even in the FS organization, was thinking that he was going to play NBA. But then, uh, you know, he, he decided that he didn't want to play for Thunder and he stayed with the team and he signed a three-year deal. Uh, it was huge. So we will see. But FS has also uh, other options uh, in their you know list, especially for the big man rotation. I've heard that you know, Josh Nibo, Ante Zizic would be their targets. Jordan Mickey could be another target. But at this point, it's it's not uh, easy to say the exact name because a lot of names are flying in the air. But they are playing big. You know, they are going to keep their budget high and they are aiming for the three-peat and they have the right coach for it. And uh, about uh, about the Thunder, the Thunder also, yeah, the, the draft night might determine a lot regarding Vasilinic because the Thunder also have a lot of tradable assets, a lot of tradable picks. They have collected a huge amount of, of draft picks uh, that uh, they can make any tradable combination imaginable. So they can also stick Mitis in and, you know, any team would, uh, would want to do Mitis. But with Mitis, I think that he knows that too. Every year is somewhat uh, now or never. Because I don't think he'd want to go to the NBA after he's 30 years old or something. It's, it's right now, it's the right timing for him. 
Yeah, and and he wants to be competitive in the NBA. Also, he doesn't want to play for a lottery team. Yeah, That's and they're building another... team who may you know who, yeah. that may tank next year. Who knows? And what about Fener? I realized that uh, things uh, are very fluid there, and we don't know what will happen because maybe the playoffs will determine many things. But there are there are some things that look certain right now, right? Uh, kind you, of yes. Like Jan 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 Jan, for example. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like he's leaving uh, after so many years. Uh, you know, he's uh, taking his talents to Barcelona with Kevin Durant, maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, but it looks like he's leaving at this point, uh, you know, uh, and it looks like they are going to make some changes in the coaching department too. So, you know, uh, we will see. But I think it will be more certain after the league, after the BSLs ending. Uh, I believe we will hear a lot from Fener's side after the season. All right. Well, uh, the Turkish the two Turkish Euroleague teams are going to appear vastly different in the next season, uh, in the next Euroleague season, and of course they're going to aim to return to the final four. The next Euroleague season will be also vastly different in regards to the absence. It looks all but certain right now that uh, the, we won't have any Russian teams in the Euroleague uh, after forever because uh, of the war that's going on uh, in Ukraine. And so Euroleague uh, will obviously be replacing these, those teams by with some other teams. We have, uh, we have of course, the Euro Cup champion, Virtus Bologna. We will have the Alba League um, champion. Uh, right now, Cervenas Vesda is up uh, two. 0-2-0 in the, in the finals against uh, Partizan Belgrade and uh, Adigoni. There are two other teams that may be in the EuroLeague right now and uh, the, the names uh, may not be surprising mm-hmm. but uh, these aren't the names that uh, we, we will talk about and this is not a situation we talk about you know, a pre-war, right? Uh, if it hadn't been for the absence of Russian teams and which teams uh, are those, Adigoni? I think I think you got. I think to... most of our listeners already know that yeah. Partizan uh, is kind of a favorite, and what whatever happens with the Abba League finals, I think there will be at least one more wild card coming from there, besides uh, the winner. And the other team, probably Valencia. I mean, they have been back and forth, Euro Cup to Euro League, and so on forth and there is one other team that made it to the final this season but their participation is kind of uncertain because of uh, well many different aspects but mostly financial ones and that would You're be about Bursaspor from Turkey yes uh, and recently the team's GM said that he deems uh, his team's participation in the Euroleague next season if an invitation comes he deems that as you know unlikely because of the the financial situation mostly because from next season on uh, the Euroleague has increased the minimum budget six million that's a lot for a team like Borzaspor and they have climbed up the ladder pretty fast they went to the Euro Cup final uh, with a crazy season and now I think they have to regroup and see whatever their plan is for next season but going into the EuroLeague would be you know kind of hard at this point financially speaking mostly 
Do you think that, um, I mean, uh, fair is, is a weird word regarding what is fair in, in basketball, in sports, European basketball. Um, the only thing that might be fair is who wins in a game because usually the best team wins. But uh, you personally, uh, mm-hmm. do you think that uh, these, are, these are some good names to hear coming back in the EuroLeague and time? Are you happy seeing these teams? Or do you feel that maybe some other teams, maybe, maybe they were more deserving? You know, the selection is pretty good. Uh, the names are, you know, strong. Uh, if we, I mean, besides Borzaspor, who it has a question mark, as we said, but Partizan, Valencia, both teams are, you know, pretty solid and they really want a EuroLeague return. Um, I know that it has been kind of a, an ongoing theme with the new EuroCup format that, Uh, it's very unfair, and the teams like Juventud, who finished uh, great in the regular season, they finished in the first spot, uh, they didn't make it through, and how that was unfair, um, I'm not really sure. As you said, the only fair thing is winning, and you know, whichever team got there and got to the final was obviously the better one in the long run. Um, but if I look back to the EuroCup season, I have one team that I know is probably not a huge candidate for a EuroLeague spot, but Cedevita really made a huge progress throughout the season. And I was surprised that they made it this far. I'm not sure if they qualify as a EuroLeague team, but they, they have a pretty solid roster and great players who turned the tide around with the new additions like Yogi Ferrell and his impact on the team. So that's one team I would like to see ideally, but I'm not. I'm sure this this will not happen. Um, well, but other sorry, than that, sorry, I don't only, think. Well, that, it, yeah. it, it, would would uh, would have a chance for uh, the for the year to be in Euroleague if they made it at least to the finals. Yes, chance, but they went against Venezuela. Yeah. But unfair? I don't think it's. I don't think it's unfair. I think these names are really the strongest ones to compete. Yes, well, there is a lot of discussion about the, the EuroCup format. I mean, the only the only thing that maybe I would characterize as unfair is the fact uh, that it's a very long regular season and then snap, it cannot go to waste in one knockout game. It, it's very different from the final four where there are, uh, where, okay, okay, there's uh, one game again, but the contrast of the EuroLeague uh, regular season and then be eliminated in the in the top 16 in one game it's a bit insane for me and and that's because the EuroLeague maybe maybe uh, the format would be could be something like uh, less regular season games and then a group a group format again in the top 16 something like that or or at least the best of three Playoffs. You know, that, that would be, uh, you have to somehow keep the format competitive. There are, there are already two other competitions uh, that fans are watching. Uh, so this kind of format... Well, well I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that EuroLeague basketball cares, cares for anything other than yeah. competitions. <laughs> And the same applies for FIBA's competitions, to, to put it uh, honestly. I don't think everyone cares about having uh, their own competitions... Uh, on a high level, and that's it. I don't think that they care what the fans want or not. Yeah, true. To me, it just seems that this is the, the trick for, uh, you know, keeping fans uh, engaged with the product from a marketing perspective, that's all. If I were a player, yeah, of course, I wouldn't like being eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, correct. Mm-hmm.
And the third, uh, analyzing a bit things about uh, the EuroCup competition and whether whether it's fair, whether EuroLeague would change the format next season, which uh, honestly, personally, I hope uh, they will do. Let's go back to, to the other EuroLeague team. Uh, and I'm thinking about uh, Real Madrid. Now, Real Madrid, uh, Alex, I remember you telling us that uh, the sentiment in Spain was that they're going to win in the semifinal against Barcelona, and yeah. they did. Actually, I, I made all the, the predictions correct, so... Really? Wow. Yeah. I, I think you, I, you picked... Buda, what did you pick? for the? I know you picked the first, but what did you pick in Barcelona-Real? Do you remember? Real. Yeah, we, Alex and I picked Alex and I picked the same teams. Oh yeah, and Tadigoni? I picked Olympiacos Barcelona. Oh, okay. Yeah, I couldn't have been more wrong. I I, I, <laughs> I, I picked Olympiacos Real Madrid, and Vasily Mitic stole me of the opportunity of bragging rights because um, uh, I honestly think, uh, guys, guys, this this is a question I, I want to to ask you seriously, uh, and I'm not biased for Olympiacos. I'm asking this. Do you believe that? Um, do you believe that uh, in a matchup against between Real Madrid and Olympiacos, who would you pick in the final? Real Madrid. I have Real Madrid. Yeah. 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 Okay. I really think I really think that uh, in in a matchup uh, Olympiacos Barcelona Barcelona would easily beat uh, Olympiacos. They are not a baby because I had some question with someone more friends. But I believe that in a potential matchup against Real Madrid, Olympiacos had the upper hand. Anyway, that's old news. I wanted to hear your opinions. But speaking about Real Madrid, they made the final. They lost to FS. The last uh, seconds were dramatic, to say the least, with the to foul or not to foul. And what happened? And Pablo Lasso admitted that it was a mistake. Adam Hanga... Uh, after the game said that there was no direction from the beds to foul and uh, he honestly seemed a bit confused by it. But anyway, Real Madrid has already uh, made the move. I mean, it's not official, but they seem to be to have secured the acquisition of Mario Hezonia. Alex, after the final four, after the after not after the final four, after the loss to Real Madrid, Barcelona coach Jeskevicius said that his team lacks killer mentality, that they can't yeah. kill, they can't finish the games. So the, the one team between the Spanish rivals that actually gets a player who who has that inside him, he's the guy who can kill, he's the guy who can score, he's, he has that superstar poise who can finish the game, who can bring down the opponent, is Real Madrid. They bring Mario Hezoni. Yeah. Yeah, uh, actually, a player that uh, that uh, that played for the Yale teams in Barcelona, so it's it's crazy. Also, Andres, we have to say that the first game Barcelona had, um, a, well, the, the first close game that Barcelona had, uh, they they uh, they have Cody Higgins back and he scored the game winner against Gran Canaria. So uh, we have to say that if it's really true that uh, Barcelona don't have a killer mentality. But yeah, Mario Gessonia is a real killer. And I also uh, have the feeling that Real Madrid made the, the addition because uh, they lack that scoring mentality in the last minutes against, against FS. We all knew that uh, FS could choose between Larkin and, and Mitchell, but Real Madrid didn't have that player that uh, could show up in, in a clutch moment. And probably Mario Gessonia with his character is that kind of guy and that kind of scorer that probably Lasso needs. We, saw, we generally saw Real Madrid this season, and I think a bit last season as well, 
that was vastly different with every Real Madrid squad that Pablo Lasso had. The, the guard dominant teams, the teams yeah. that shot a lot of three pointers, the teams that, um, uh, you know, they were based on uh, what the guards will do, how will they score, how they will create. And now we saw a completely different squad that was, uh, we were talking about it, uh, how, how Pablo Lasso makes uh, big men cool again, or something. I remember asking yeah. him exactly like that, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, does, the, does this transfer, you know, uh, brings Real Madrid back to, to what Lasso originally has in, in mind for this squad, the basketball that he really wants to play? I, I don't really think so, because uh, what Lasso really needs if he want to play his his spectacular basketball, he needs one fast score, um, point guard, my bad, and a really good uh, three-point shooter. And, uh, well, Mario is a good shooter, but not uh, the best, of course. So I I think they also need a, a shooting guard like, for example, Billy Bayron. Um, a, a killer, a, a killer. Yeah. I mean, a guy, a guy yeah. who, can, who can kill you without hesitation, yeah. Yeah, and um, a guy who can really um, run the floor and everything. That's why I also think they, they want to, to bring Chacho back because Chacho. that's Very yeah, that's the other big news, right? Around Real Madrid, uh, there's uh, a verbal agreement. Or that's what they say with Sergio Rodriguez and uh, well, he's old, we all know it, but uh, he knows the system, he knows uh, what Pablo Lasso wants uh, from him and he won't be the, the main point guard. So could be a great addition for sure. Will it be enough? I mean, uh, no, no. I, I know, yeah, because I, I still have the, the, the one name that I personally feel like, um, I know that he wants to, to exhaust all his opportunities to continue in the NBA in one way or another. We are not I... talking about Doncic, right? <laughs> no. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not. I don't see him. I think, I think Kevin Durant will play in Europe. Uh, yeah. for... <laughs> Look at Doncic, that's for sure. And I'm talking about the age, of course, because, yeah, Doncic will have many years until he returns to Europe. Uh, no, I'm talking about uh, Faku Campazzo. I feel he, he belongs in a way. With yeah. Real Madrid, do you think that this is the the ideal fix? Perhaps he is the perfect match. He is the guy that I'm sure Real Madrid uh, really wants. But you said uh, he wants to to play in the NBA. So let's see what happens there. Uh, he he can get a contract for sure. But uh, if he wants to be an important guy, an important well, I, I think he will be a um, an MVP contender. Uh, so he, if he wants that, he should join Real Madrid. If he wants to continue in the NBA, then Real Madrid will have to, to look in the market for some guy that can play that style of game. Yeah, and um, I think that maybe also frustrated Campazzo, I think, this season was the fact that yeah. he didn't play. Maybe he feels he didn't get the opportunities and uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he comes to an agreement with another team that, that sees something in him and has a way to to use him in a way that the Denver Nuggets, for one reason or another, didn't. So let's so... see. Let's see if he if he can follow the, the example that uh, Gavidek uh, had. Because we all thought that uh, Gavidek will play in the NBA for maybe two three years. He has the the abilities, but he decided to be an, an important guy here in Spain and he returned to to Madrid. So maybe he can follow that example. 
Yes. Well, after after Mario Hezonia, Real Madrid, another team that is going to undergo uh, some changes, some significant changes in key positions this summer. So both Spanish teams will be much different this season. They will have maybe they will. I mean, no, Barcelona will have the same leader, Nicola Mirotic, but maybe he will have some different co-stars next to him. And about Real Madrid, I think maybe Real Madrid will have different leaders, right, Alex? Oh, let's see, let's see, let's see how the the market moves. We, I think Mario Hezonia has the perfect chance to to become a real star. He had the chance in the NBA, being the fifth pick in the draft. Uh, uh, he couldn't adapt, or he was too young when he moved to the NBA. And now he will play for a contender in the in the Euroleague, facing the uh, well here in Spain also Barcelona, a team that uh, made him grow. So. Will be interesting. Will be interesting having Nikola Mirotic, a guy who played in the youth teams in Real Madrid, uh, leading Barcelona, and Mario Hesonia, a guy who was who grew up in in Barcelona, leading Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, storyline. And Mario Hesonia is indeed a big opportunity for him. He can't find anything uh, since he said that he, the NBA is over for him. He can't find anything better in Europe. And let's not forget that Real Madrid. As you have also reported, they signing him to a two-year deal. Yeah. So they trust in him. They give him the confidence. They believe that maybe he can become the the future, the the leader of the future for the team. So uh, that's a wrap for this uh, post-final four. I mean, <laughs> post-final four and uh, maybe pre-transfer uh, Eurohoop pod, the Eurohoops uh, podcast. Uh, thank you, guys and girls. Thank you, Buda. Thank you. Thank you, Antonis, for inviting me. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Adigoni, as always. Are you there, Adigoni, or you are, uh, you are busy with Lithuania? No, no, no. I'm <laughs> just... Uh... <laughs> because, because there are really some really distracting stuff happening right now from Lithuania. I mean, I can't believe that in the moment that we are recording this podcast, a, a scuffle almost began, a full-scale scuffle almost began in the Lithuanian League when the coach of uh, Liedga Belli solved the coach of um, of the opposing side. That the only, what is it? Uh, Rita? Hey, Ritas, Ritas, Ritas. Yeah, this, uh, it, it's crazy. I haven't seen uh, coaches behave like that in Europe. For, uh, in the country that loves basketball so ever. much. Yeah, in a country that they... are not seeing this stuff, yeah. They are not used to being a final without Salgiris involved, so that's that's the point. <laughs> and yeah. they, they don't know how to function. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah, that's gold that they're going. They are they are completely out of their comfort zone. Maybe Salgiris, Salgiris was they, Zalgiris, If I was Salgiris, I would tweet something. Uh, see what is happening. We're we're out of the finals. Bring us back or something like that. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, from Bura Uzar, uh, Adigon Zahari, Alex Madrid, and uh, Adonis, uh, Adonis Reglakis, thank you all. And uh, see you next time in uh, another of our Eurohoopod ep- Euro episodes. Farewell. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.